it helped me, but it shattered my world at the time. It was like, here I am. I'm by myself. Oh. This is the first time I've lived actually oh. for real by myself. And okay. I just got so down and so depressed. And I just, I prayed for friends. I was like, God, please send somebody. <laughs> I mean, like. And that's, it was tough. That's the most desperate prayer. It was. Send me a friend, please. Jeez, I, it, was, it was so tough making friends <laughs> oh, up man. here. Like, I would compliment people on stuff, expecting, like, maybe a little, you know, maybe we'll have a little conversation. I'm going to tell her she looks good in that dress, and oh, we'll talk, and we'll be friends. And then she'd look at me like, ugh. Did you just what compliment you, me? Yeah, what are you, are you freaky? You're talking you, to me? Yeah, you freaky girl. What are you doing? Like, dang. Uh, hi. Something. Welcome, welcome to the big like, city. But I, I remember there was one day that I was just so, I was just done with it. I was like, I, oh. I, I'm i alone here. This sucks. I ain't got no friends that are close. And then along comes J.P. Castro. I don't remember what he messaged me about. <laughs> but he sent me a message. Or I, maybe I messaged him first, whatever. And from that from that time on, we have been such good friends. JP. Yes. And he's going to listen to this because I'm going to send it to him. But <laughs> he, uh, and not not to shade my other friends, because um, they came through too. Um, they reached out to me whenever I wasn't reaching out to anybody. So JP, Jasmine, and Whitney, them three, they, they made sure that, no, you're here alone, but you're not here alone. This is the JAR podcast where real people have real conversations. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to The Jar. It's your host, Ken, and uh, happy Sunday. I hope you're having a beautiful day wherever you are and whatever day you're listening or even whatever year you're listening to this episode. Uh, I'm here in Little Rock, Arkansas, and uh, I just kind of rocked up uh, down the road a little bit and, and you know, I would say I went down that yellow brick road, um, but you know, really, honestly, it's a it's kind of a hard drive this morning. I went through what was a tornado, um, a place where a, a part of the street or neighborhood that was damaged by a tornado that dro- just dropped out of the sky, and you know, changed people's lives. Um, it's kind of powerful going by a seeing a bedroom with the bed sheet still on, somebody's closet. Um, the door ripped off and the clothes just sitting there, you know, like a regular day. And, um, you know, just to see what looks like a giant bomb went off in this valley and just ripped open people's homes and lives and uh, took away their personal memories and their and uh, really impacted a lot of people. So, you know, if you're in your home and you're enjoying a nice warm cup of tea or something, just... Uh, you know, be grand thankful and, and be grateful for having everything okay in your life. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a rough, I'll take some photos later and post them. It's pretty shocking stuff. Devin, nice to meet you. Sorry about that warm You're introduction. <laughs> <laughs> but you were saying you were in the, you were with kids when it happened. Yes, I was with first graders. Man. So. <laughs> They did great though. I, the best part is the teachers about to lose her. I bet the teachers more scared than the the kids. Honestly, we were we were pretty cool. We were trying to. I guess our biggest fear was like the kids freaking out. So we knew that we had to be calm. You have to be super calm, yes, right? Yeah. It was the parents that just off the rails. Absolutely, Absolutely. bad shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, I mean, it's your babies, right? Yeah, yeah. but they, oof, they really lost it. Okay, really, really lost. Yeah, I was worried about them tearing up the school, not the tornado. Oh my goodness. Well, thanks for being a guest. Thanks for opening up your home on a Sunday, cleaning day and washing day <laughs> and course. everything else day. And um, so how about a little uh, little backstory? What's, who are you and how did you end up in this spot? So uh, my name is Devin Smith Collins. Uh, the question I always get whenever people hear my last name is like, oh, are you or were you married? Like, no. <laughs> I have those two last names. We're already getting spicy in the beginning. I'm uh, sorry. Let's, let's go. <laughs> so uh, my household was me and my mom. Okay. And the reason she gave me both last names is so that I wouldn't, you know, run around screwing my cousins or anything crazy, which we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about how that kind of didn't help later. <laughs> but um, so Smith is my dad's last name okay. and Collins is my mom's and most of my life, I stayed with her and my grandparents. Mm. Um, so when I was younger, um, we stayed in a trailer house in Foreman, Arkansas. It's like super tiny. Like we don't have a stoplight. We used to. The diesel took it out. And then the city was like, eh, we didn't use it anyway. Let's not put it back up. Like so <laughs> that tiny. <laughs> um, but after, um, I think after I turned four, she got a job at the Washington County Juvenile Detention Center. And so we moved to Fayetteville and we stayed with her sister for a little while. And then we got our own house, bounced around to an apartment. Um, and then around fourth grade, I moved back to Foreman to stay with oh. my grandparents. And that was mainly because my mom was working like a lot. Yeah. So I, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't participate in any in after school stuff or you said you were a latchkey kid? Um kind of go home or not really, actually. Uh like I had like a lot of babysitters. Uh, I like to I kinda like it because I was truly raised by a village. Like um sometimes most times I would stay with my Aunt Lisa uh and her husband and her two kids. Okay. Um but the times that I couldn't, my mom had like five million friends that I could stay with. <laughs> so that, that definitely contributed a lot to my upbringing. Cause like I, I would stay with people from different backgrounds, different cultures. Of course I got to meet them and their kids and their families. It was, it, it was nice. So never a latchkey kid. Really just, raised by a village. Yes, raised by a by village. By a teeny village. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, but that's beautiful country living, right? Uh, well, so when I was being, you know, raised by the village yeah. was when I was in Fayetteville. So that oh, okay, actually okay. wasn't that's so a, country. Okay, that's on country. But yeah, but um, it felt like it though, because I mean, that's kind of what you expect from like small towns. You don't expect a kid to be acceptably raised by a village no. in like a city. But I mean, it happened. My mom had, she had a lot of support. Um, what's spiritual journey like then? Ooh. <laughs> So, um, I was raised Christian, um, no real big issues until I'm going to say until, uh, I, I went to a Christian school. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say the name of it, but, uh, there were, there were some things that happened that I look back on in my adult life and realized that's, that's not okay for a kid to go through. Um, so 
there were a lot of things that I learned either in that school or in the church that I was going to in Fayetteville um, that I had to unlearn whenever I, whenever I left. So when I moved to Foreman, uh, my grandmother and my grandfather, Grammy and grandfather, <laughs> grandfather was a deacon. So we always were in church all the time. Now, Grammy, <laughs> she would sometimes be like, hey, Devin, you don't want to go to church right now, do you? And I was like, not really. She's like, okay, cool. Let's go to Walmart. <laughs> like, okay. Like, is that Grammy, okay? No, that's so naughty. I mean, it felt like it because all the things that I had been told is like, no, Sunday is for God and that's it. And my grandmother kind of taught me. And of course, you know, my grandfather was fine with it. And he helped that coaching too. Uh, my grandmother taught me basically like, Jesus didn't say you had to sit up in a church all day Sunday. He said that Sabbath was created for man, not that man was created for the Sabbath. And so Ooh, that was one of the many lessons that I learned on my spiritual Super journey wisdom. from my grandparents. Like that a lot of things that we were told actually kind of contradict what we should have been taught. Hmm. So I call it man's law. Yes. We made up a lot of laws. We did. And without my grandparents and for sure my mom, I honestly, I probably, I probably wouldn't, I can see why people like decide, oh, there can't be a God or they decide mm. Christianity is trash because I mean, right, look, at, look at what we've turned good. it into. So, I mean, without them, I, I probably would have never had the courage to find my faith on my own. And figure out for me what I believe, and so in through through that, um, I branched out. I learned all that I needed to learn. I learned that it wasn't bad to ask questions. I learned that, duh, a loving God would want you to ask questions about Him because if you want somebody to love you, you're not going mm -hmm. to force them to think these things about you. Like, you have to believe this about me. You have to believe, no, if I want you to love me, I want you to ask me things. I want you to doubt me a little. I want you to challenge mm -hmm. me a little. And mm -hmm. God wants that from us, I think. So uh, without them, I wouldn't have ever ventured out on that. And were Grandma and Grandpa still around? Yes, fortunately they are. That's very lucky. Very. <clears throat> In Fayetteville. Uh, no, they're informant. I'm I know, sorry, informant. Right? No, no, I, <laughs> no, no. I, that's right. I got the it. So they're informant. Okay, they're informant. Yeah. Um, how about your dad? Any in this picture anymore, or uh, was, or or what's the what's the status there? Yikes! If he listens to this podcast, <laughs> I hope he does. Um, Come on, we got to be more men. So we got to man up. Yeah, got to own it. Yeah, good and bad. Uh, he lived in Foreman. Okay, and, you know. A lot of people are like, well, if you lived in Foreman and your he, dad he lived, lived in Foreman, Foreman, why, like, honestly, I, that's a question he'd have to answer. I don't really yeah. know. Uh, I know at one point he told me that my grandparents were keeping him from me, which I, I personally don't see that being mm. a thing that they would do. But, you know, I wasn't around. I, well, you were young, yeah. Yeah, you were young. I was a baby, and maybe it was true. I mean, maybe or it's or at one point, mm -hmm. at some point, there's usually but some truth. If it was true, I, I kind of can't blame them, considering uh, when he found out about me, uh, he didn't believe that I was his. Like, and he said mm. that he he denied me openly. Um, he didn't sign my birth certificate, even mm. and even after he found out that he was in fact my dad when the paternity test came in. He didn't sign my birth certificate. Mm. Um, so 
grew up with, and when, especially whenever I found out about all this, grew up with a lot of feeling abandoned and denied, and a little bit of hurt. It's got to hurt. A lot of hurt. It's uh, got to still hurt. still go through that. Honestly, um, and, relationship yeah. with him, it's it's still kind of, it's still kind of weird. I'm still trying to figure out yeah. where is the middle ground where I'm not sacrificing myself, but where I'm at least you know putting forth effort, my best effort. Yeah. Does he want something more or is it or don't know? I honestly, uh, in my opinion, I just think he doesn't know how to be a dad. Not not really, because he from what I know, he didn't have much of a dad himself. Mm. Um, so I I don't know. Maybe it's all because of bad experience. Still on the journey. Pretty much. To be determined. Yes, very much. <laughs> So, yeah, still well, learning. Yeah, it's a you know this is um this is life, right? Yes, that story's still cooking. Indeed. And, and where's mom at? Uh, mom, uh, she moved to Foreman. Uh, she was in Fayetteville, back, so she went back. She back went home. back home because um her mother, my grandmother, Grammy, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. So oh, yeah, it's dang. Yeah, so she had to help take care of her. So that's so what she's, she's doing there, now. She's doing that. But she loves it. She says that like her whole life, she's wanted, like she's waited for the chance to just be able to drop everything and serve her family. And that's oh. what I've always loved about her. What a beautiful woman. Yeah, very much so. <laughs> wow. Well, and who are you now, Devin? Who are you today? What's going on? Um, now, uh, honestly, I I like to think of myself as. Somebody, somebody can count on. Like, mm. I, I like to think that I'm the adult that I wanted. Oh, yeah. In a lot of ways. Like, uh, I'm in the process of moving. You can see all the boxes. Yeah. <laughs> and the thing that brought me to tears when I really thought about moving was I'm leaving my students. And the thing that hurt me the most was mm. I don't want them to feel like I'm another adult abandoning them because that's how I felt for so long. Dang. And so I knew that I had to resign early. I had to tell all the adults early because I had to tell my kids and I had to give them time to process mm. and to ask me questions and to understand that, hey, I'm not leaving you. You're not who I'm leaving. You're not what I'm leaving. I still look. Miss Collins still loves you. If any of my kids or parents are listening, Miss Collins still loves you, <laughs> regardless. Yeah, I love that. That's so um, so thoughtful, right? To want to make sure that they understand, they have time, mm -hmm. and even for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, in, in a weird, selfish way, it's also you get time to process it. One of my kids already saw me cry, and they were like, "Miss Collins, are you okay?" I was like, "This is hard for me too, babies." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm not just up and leaving and saying, "Whoop, forget y'all." It's like, no, I yeah. love. Yeah, you love. I'm sure you love all of them. Uh, I do, even the ones that give me a hard time. Like they're my, they're they're honestly some my of my favorites. favorites. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is always that way, right? The yeah. ones that like the ones you really are trying to help become better people. And I think that's why they just, they piss me off so much because it's like, I love you, you so much and I want you to feel that and do better. Yeah, yeah, it's right, like, uh, right. That's, uh, those are the ones that hurt, the ones you're trying to get over the line. Yes. Let's get into the jar. Yeah, I mean, I have a feeling there's, a, there's we're going to get way more in there and this will be way Definitely. more fun. Um, Devin, have a, uh, grab a card, 
have a look. You can reach right. in all the way in the back. You can reach in the front. Um, grab a card. Have a look. And then okay. just show me, and I'll read it for the audience. Okay. <clears throat> and away we go. Oh. <laughs> and so it begins. All right. What's the opposite of acceptance? And have you experienced it? Mm, to me, the opposite of acceptance is resistance. And mm. yes, I have absolutely experienced it multiple times in multiple ways. Um, one of the biggest ways uh, would have to be with my my one big earth-shattering breakup that took, like oh. this breakup took three years. <laughs> <laughs> We were Whoa. on again, off again, okay. on again, off again because of that. Because we need, honestly, he was more accepting than I was for sure. But both of us, in a way, could not accept that, nope, this just isn't it. It's just not going to work. You're not good for each other. Mm. And I mean, we're, we're great best friends now. We're still good friends. But we just did not need to be in a relationship. And we just could not, we couldn't accept it. And so it was... First time he broke up with me and then I left him and then he, it was, it was so chaotic. And I just, a lot of people were like, oh, well, no, if you're not accepting something, you're probably just indifferent. No, if you're the opposite of acceptance, you are hardcore resisting. You are denying, you are trying your hardest to, to force something to yes. happen. That's never yeah, good. You're trying to force it. Like if you have to force it, it's not worth it. Agree. You know, I'm just kind of pondering what that's like, especially in a relationship, trying to accept. It's ugh, it's chaotic. Is it trying to accept him, his faults, or what he wanted? So with that particular relationship, I, I guess I refused to see that he had any. I, I wanted to believe that it was all my fault mm. and that if he forgave me and if I changed and if I bit myself into this little box that, I could have him back and everything could be perfect. And it took a long time to accept <laughs> that that's not the case. You you have to be in a relationship with somebody who enjoys you as you are and who you are growing into. You can't have yeah, somebody yeah. who's wanting to make you grow into their person. That's not how this works. And oh, I think Yeah, that ain't going to work. I think my issue with acceptance in that sense wasn't accepting him or the truth that we're not meant to be, but I think my issue was accepting myself and who I was and who I was growing into be. I tried so hard to be who he needed instead of being who I needed. And that that was tough. <laughs> you must but I mean the learning from that's powerful. It was painful and powerful. I mean, it sounded like more self-growth than it was couple growth, right? You, yes. You found out who you were, who yeah. you were, he where you were headed. <laughs> In a big way. Uh, I think so if cool. I wouldn't have gone through that, I wouldn't, definitely wouldn't be here. Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, like from this is is personal growth. Mm -hmm. All right, you got to thank him a lot. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> thanks for those. Thanks for those three <laughs> the three years of them. I mean, it sounds like a master's class. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I'll just kind of put my hand here when I think we're at a good spot okay. for a new one. All right. Because sometimes just let those thoughts kind of slowly Jesus. leak out. These are tough. They are tough, right? Yes. <laughs> Who is your hero? 
I get this like this is a question for essays and for speeches and for everything. Everybody oh, really? always wants to know, like. Well, then I got to take it out if it's <laughs> if it's, like, if it's I, everywhere else. I, it doesn't belong in the man, jar. Well, no, it's just it it's one? just it's a question that I I don't know about anybody else, but it's always been asked to me, yeah. and I always have a difficulty answering because if if everyone else in the world has a hero, I have Marvel and DC. <laughs> like I've got tons. I mean, for sure, my my grandparents and my mom they mm. they are my core. They are my mm. center. They they raised me. They shaped me. But they also gave me they gave me tools to find myself. They didn't just they didn't just try to raise their perfect child. Mm. They gave me tools and they gave me information, and they allowed me to grow into whoever. I would mm. become, and they supported that every step of the way, even when I didn't feel supported. <laughs> um, I, man, uh, for sure, a lot of teachers. Um, specifically, uh, the earliest teacher I can remember being my hero is Miss Grant. Um, she was the first teacher that she was like, "Whoa, this kid, this kid is something. Like she can write." She was my writing teacher. And so she was always, she was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to see what you wrote. I can't wait to see what you're doing with this. I can't oh, wait to see what. Oh, goodness. What a motivation. All the time. I mean, her and then Miss Sparks, uh, she she loved how much I love science, especially like life sciences. She loved how curious I was. And she fed that hardcore. Miss <laughs> um, Smith and Miss Wade were my high school literacy and writing teachers. And man, they they went to bat for me more times than I even knew. Like I didn't I didn't know they advocated for me more than just academically, but apparently when I was having bullying issues, they went to the principal several times for me and you know weren't listened to cuz small town, small mostly white town. Mm. But uh they went to bat for me like a oh, lot interesting. and yeah. I never knew. Growing up in a town Ooh, yeah. like that, mostly white in yeah. the country, in small, I mean, Fayetteville's pretty mm. small. Well, Foreman. This, this is even this Foreman. Foreman. Okay, yes. so, oh my so goodness. So super even. small. Like we have, uh, <clears throat> whenever I was living there, it was like a less than a thousand population. So, yeah, tiny. And I always thought, oh no, it feels like it's even. But then like growing up and looking back, it's like, no, it wasn't. Who told you that? <laughs> like, well, coping mechanism. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, there was a group of black people and there were black people there, but it was, wasn't, it was, it was still, you know, predominantly, predominantly white. White, yeah, yeah. Especially, I mean, small town too. That's a different. That's yeah. a whole different so, animal. So having, so knowing that, like, two white women were going to bat for a little black girl, absolutely crazy. Yeah. And then uh, Miss Forte, she was a black teacher. She was our keyboarding teacher, but she helped me in algebra. She helped me be confident in that because oh. I thought I'm bad at math. I'm always going to be mad at math. I quit. She let me know, oh, no, that's not the case. That's not you just need to explain a different way, and you just need to think a different way. So, yeah, tons of teacher heroes. <laughs> I love that. That's Maybe that's why you became a teacher. You know what? Yeah. Look, we might get into, <laughs> we might get into that, too. Let's see, what, let's see where the jar takes you. We'll see. This is a journey. Are you a millionaire in the experience of life? Absolutely. I... So first, I don't under, I don't know necessarily if I'm interpreting this the same way you might have when you were writing this question, 
But to me, being a millionaire at life is that you're just rich in experiencing it. Mm. Like I, I have never, I've never stagnated. Honestly, I've always been a spontaneous person. I've always sought to experience everything wholeheartedly, whether that's travel, whether that's meeting people, whether that's just doing things. Uh, I've, I've never spent a day uh, where it was wasted. Honestly, you never spent a day poor. Never. Oh my gosh, never. I, I mean, I've seen so many things that I recognize that other people don't get to see. I've found beauty in so many tiny things that mm. some people just look over. I mean, I believe that when you can do that, when you can, when you can live a mundane day and realize, man, that was amazing, then hey, you, you're as rich as they come. <laughs> I believe that. It's a place we can make our own wealth. Definitely. What are a few items on your bucket list? Uh, so big item is going to Alaska, and that one comes from Grammy. Um, she one of the one of the last things she did before her diagnosis is she bought a Traverse, and it's it's kind of a big SUV like van type vehicle. And when she went to buy it, she was like, I just want to pack up all of my grandchildren and we're just going to go and we're just going to ride and we're going to see everything. And when she was talking to me about it, she was like, we're going <laughs> to go to Alaska. I, 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 she threw Alaska in there? She did. She was like, we're going to go to Alaska. We're going to drive up through Canada and we're going to see things. We're going to take pictures and we're going to eat food. I mean, go, Grammy was a traveler. Go like, Grammy. She she drove us to Canada before uh, when we were younger. It was me and my two younger cousins. Um, but now she's got the six of us. Wow. Six? Wait, me? I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> me, Chloe is the second. Uh, Kristen. Chloe and Kristen belong to my aunt, Alicia. And then Sersha and Sienna. So five. Whoops. <laughs> Five of us. Sersha and Sienna are my Aunt Xandra's kids. And she said she wanted to pack all of us up in that traverse and just ride to Alaska. That's what she wanted to do. And she, it, it, it still bothers me that she never got to do that. Like, one of the first things that we kind of had to take from her, I hate to say it like that, but we did, was driving. It's car and, keys, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. can't can't end up somewhere you don't know, don't know where you're at. Yeah, and I mean, even still, she's like, Oh, oh, where are you going? Are we going to? Am I going to? You gonna take me with you? Like so, she still she still loves to ride. She can't ride as as much as she would like to. But the fact that that is something that was kind of taken from her, I, I feel mm. like it's it's my job to fulfill that. Yeah, that's tough. It's, her bucket list is your bucket list. Absolutely. <laughs> like if she couldn't complete it, I will. Yeah, maybe you'll take your grandkids to Alaska. <laughs> hey, definitely the goal. That's so cool is that? Would that be cool? That would be awesome. Can you tell us about your favorite encounter or time in nature? Absolutely. Uh, so my it's funny my my ex that I talked about previously, <laughs> we went on a hike, um, and this was after long after the breakup thing. I mean, um. We went up to Emerald Park and we went up there and we're sitting and it's 
so incredibly and surprisingly beautiful up there. Like all of the pictures of mountain scenes that you see like in other places in other states, you don't think you would find them here, even though we're called the natural state. You just don't think you would find anything that unique here. But I saw all of that and I don't know if he realized that all of this was going on in my head, but when I was looking at that, I was like, man, I, this is home. This is a mm. gorgeous home. This is, this is the state that has raised me and nurtured me. And yeah, even though I rag on it sometimes, like, oh, it's Arkansas, it's, Arkansas. it's the country, all, all these hicks over here. Like, <laughs> man, this is a beautiful state. I it's mean, a beautiful state. I've, <clears throat> yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah, absolutely agree. Like, look, hardcore advocate for go out and see things in Arkansas because, man, we we have some sights. So from then, I I had to, like, go and walk and see things. That's one of the reasons why I got a dog is, like, uh-uh, I need a friend to come whenever oh, yeah. I want to go and see these things with me. That little dog, he's going to go any- everywhere with you. He better. He has no choice. <laughs> <laughs> he's got no idea. Do you think that some lives are more precious than others? Absolutely not. Mm. No. In in absolutely no way do I believe that. Mm. And I guess the thing that comes to my mind is it's funny whenever I answer these kind of questions, part of my mind is like this is my real answer and then the other part of my mind is like, well, why? Well, have you thought about this? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean like yeah. so Part of my mind is like, I mean, are you serious? Like, you think your life doesn't mean, you you think your life means as much as, like, a homeless person on the street, like, out of their mind? Absolutely. Mm. I am, I am no more and no less deserving of being loved, being seen, being heard than that person. And I think Mm. that's shaped how I treat people. Like, when I see those Mm. people, I'm going to always talk to them. I'm like, even, oh, you don't need to talk to them. You're going to get caught up in the delusion. And that is such a lonely life that somebody would pass by you just because, what, you missed a paycheck one day and now you're on the street? Like, I can't imagine that. Mm. Like, no. There, there is nobody under this sun that, has a, that leads a more precious life than anybody else. Mm. Beautiful. I feel like I always take these out upside down. <laughs> Who's someone you know that always finds the good in a bad situation? That is going to be my mom. Absolutely. Um, I love how that's just so absolute. <laughs> oh, that's definitely my mom. I, I couldn't even think of anybody else. <laughs> like, that's that unquestionably. Like, when, when Grammy got diagnosed with Alzheimer's, she... She wasn't, and the reason why I say that, she, she didn't sugarcoat anything. She let us know from step one, there's no cure. This is going to get worse. She's going to deteriorate. But we're going to love her, and we're going to show her the love that she's shown us all these years. Damn. And we're going to take care of her like she took care of us. And we're not going to leave her like she never left us. Mom is in charge. Man. <laughs> Holy cow. Absolute matriarch. Like she oh, <laughs> if there's anybody who can see that silver lining, it's her. And I know she doesn't always feel like she does, 
but she does. She she's our family's rock. Absolutely. Especially through this. This is something that's it's it's hit us a lot. But man, if it weren't for her. What we, a rock star. Ugh. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I love it, man. Your daddy's a lucky boy. He just needs to realize it. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, Pops? I'm like, right, get it together. <laughs> Share one thing that you should leave in the past today for a better tomorrow. Mm. All right, spicy question. Here we go. Um, it's funny. I was actually listening to a podcast that kind of touched on this today. Um, one thing that I can't just seem to let go, and everybody's like, oh, you shouldn't have to let it go. Um, okay, or well, two things. One, um, I was raped in my freshman year of college uh, by somebody that I thought I liked and I thought he liked me back. And I was rarely liked that I knew of in high school. So somebody liking me like right off the bat in college, in college. was like, whoa, what? You like me? I like you too. And he was like, yeah, come over. And... I remember going to his apartment and I was and I laid down very firm lines like I don't want to have sex. That's not something I want to do. I was raised that this is something that you can't take back. It's a it's a grown-up decision that you need to make when you're sure you're ready and I know I'm not ready. Hmm. And he's like, "Yeah, okay, sure, sure, sure." And we went into his room, which I knew I shouldn't have done cuz my grandfather told me don't go into a boy's room, especially not by yourself. And I should have, I honestly should have listened, but, you know, he shouldn't have been trash. So there's that. Yeah, but, it's not your fault. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, think, I don't think there's. That was a journey to to figure out that to, it wasn't my fault. But, and to unpack that. Yeah, so. Um, did you in, bring, did you tell anybody? Um, For a year, no. Yeah. The only people that knew. It's not uncommon. Um, The only people that I told. Uh, was my my line brothers in KK Psy. So that's the the band fraternity that's on the wall mm. there. Um, I crossed with three other people, and they were the only ones that I told. The first being uh, my now ex, but now best friend. Um, he He's who actually told me that, hey, if you said you didn't want to do that then that that's rape that's called rape yeah that's he's who helped me realize like hey that wasn't that wasn't you having sex that wasn't it <laughs> so after i realized what happened i was like oh my god if i tell anybody if i tell my mom she's going to be so disappointed if i tell anybody in my family they're going to be they're going to see me as irresponsible devin like i always was so i i just she i couldn't bottle it up I couldn't tell anybody. It was Damn. it was tough. Uh, but September fifteenth, uh, the following year, I I went ahead and I I didn't want to. I something in me must have wanted to tell my mom, but outwardly I didn't want to tell her. And so I asked my aunt Zandra for advice. I said, "Hey, can we talk?" And so we went into my grandparents' room and we talked. And she was like. You you probably should tell your mom. It's probably time. And so my mom comes in to check on us, 
And she looks at my face. She's like, what's wrong? And it just, <sighs> I, I remember that night and uh, my, I'm going to stop calling him my, Gideon, he's my friend. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> uh, super cool dude. He, I'm glad he was there. Uh, him and our then, of course, friend, roommate, Trent, they were mm. both there. Uh, we were hanging out for Labor Day at my folks' house. And Sandra was there and my a couple other aunts. And uh, I say a couple other aunts. My other aunt was there. And I think a couple of cousins were there. And I just remember my mom just falling to the ground, just crying. And just like, please tell me that's not that's not what you just said. Like, please tell me this isn't real. This isn't real. Oh man! Like she's crying, I'm crying. Like it. It was such an awful dark day, but I. I don't know. I. I, I wanted to believe that I let it go. I wanted to believe that. Oh, I went to therapy. I worked it out. It's all okay. But. Man, sometimes, sometimes it just, it, it comes up. It's like grief. You don't really ever let it go. Mm. But I know that when I do finally accept that it happened and I do finally just treat it like just another bump in the road, that things will be fine. Like, you know. Still processing. Yeah. It, it, it manifests in different ways. Like, uh, if I if I go into Walmart and I, I still remember what his bed sheets look like, if I see anything remotely the same, it's just like it throws my whole day off. Damn. Um, the the August fifteenth will always be the day that I'm just not okay. Um, this year, la this past year was the first time that I didn't really, I didn't anticipate or dread the date. Um, so that was good. But once I realized, hmm. It's August 15th. Why do I feel that way about that date? Once I realize it, completely shut down. Awful day. Like, so once I let go of August 15th, then I, well, may not be perfect, but I'll be better. You'll get there. I, I know I will. It'll You'll just take there. time. Do you have a song that's too painful to listen to? Yes. <laughs> uh, it's called... Thanks for my child, I think. Um, I've never known who it was by. I just know my mom really likes it. And sorry if you're listening to it, Mama. I just, I, I whenever she plays it, I let her. And it's fun. I say let her. <laughs> whenever she plays it, I don't <laughs> say anything about it. It just, it really hurts to listen to it. Because, I mean, it's it's basically an ode from a single mom to her child. And that song has always, it always breaks my heart. Because thinking about all that my mom had to sacrifice and all that my mom had to go through and the things that she must have felt and dealt with. And I, like while the fact mm -hmm. that while going through postpartum depression, while trying to scrape things together for a child that she just had, she also had to worry about my dad threatening to come get me when he wouldn't even come see me or buy diapers for me. Like the fact that she was dealing with being told that I am the dad, but at the same time, I'm not the dad, but I'm going to act like the dad, but I'm going to act like you just lying. I, like the fact that she had to deal with that mm. while trying to trying her hardest to raise me. Like, and I'm glad she had support, but still that's a lot for one person to, to handle. 
So. Especially working, like you said. <clears throat> yes. Separating from her daughter. She worked so much. Like, I, I'll never be able to, to understand all that she did for me. I'll never really, I'll for sure never be able to repay it or thank her enough. Like, just, but every time I hear that song, it, it makes me wonder, like, what she went through and what she dealt with. And it, it, it breaks me. You may have the chance to repair. I hope so. Was there a time you needed a compassionate soul and they appeared? <laughs> yes, multiple times. Um, but the the one that comes to mind was when I first moved to Little Rock. Uh, mm. I first oh. moved to Little Rock in 2018 when I got the teaching job here at Stevens. Um, and I, I had friends that lived here, but I didn't really get to get together with them a lot. Um, I had family here, but I didn't really, for whatever reason, just didn't reach out. I, when I moved it, it like, it helped me, but it shattered my world at the time. It was like, here I am. I'm by myself. Oh. This is the first time I've lived actually oh. for real by myself. And okay. I just got so down and so depressed. And I just, I prayed for friends. I was like, God, please send somebody. <laughs> I mean, like, and that's, it was tough. That's the most desperate prayer. It was. Send me a friend, please. Jeez, I, it, was, it was so tough making friends <laughs> oh, up man. here. Like, I would compliment people on stuff, expecting, like, maybe a little, you know, maybe we'll have a little conversation. I'm going to tell her she looks good in that dress, and oh, we'll talk, and we'll be friends. And then she'd look at me like, ugh. Did you just what are compliment you, yeah, me? Yeah, what are you, you freaky? You're talking you, to me? Yeah, you freaky girl. What are you doing? Like, dang, uh, hi, something. Welcome, welcome to the big like, city. But I, I remember there was one day that I was just so, I was just done with it. I was like, I, oh. I, I'm i alone here. This sucks. I ain't got no friends that are close. And then along comes J.P. Castro. I don't remember what he messaged me about. <laughs> but he sent me a message. Or I, maybe I messaged him first, whatever. And from that from that time on, we have been such good friends. JP. Yes. And he's going to listen to this because I'm going to send it to him. But <laughs> he, uh, and not not to shade my other friends, because um, they came through too. Um, they reached out to me whenever I wasn't reaching out to anybody. So JP, Jasmine, and Whitney, them three. They they made sure that nah you're here alone, but you're not here alone. So they they were definitely the friends that I prayed for. I love it. Prayed for a friend and God sent JP. God sent JP fastest, for sure. <laughs> Does religion have a purpose in today's world? Mm. This is that's a tricky one for me. It's spicy. Uh, Look at that smile, so, <laughs> and I know you're just trouble. I know trouble's brewing in there. Oh, boy. So I do tell people I am a Christian. Uh, I I do believe in God. I do believe in Jesus. I do believe that he came here. He died for us. We get to go to heaven if we accept that. But what I also believe is that he came to dismantle hmm. man's religion 
we have such a tight grip on our laws and our rules. And I think that maybe it does in some way have a place. Because, I mean, everybody loves somebody with morals. That's the thing. I mean, you don't want people running around in a in a anti-morale society. You don't want anybody running around thinking that they can do whatever and nothing happen. So I, I think in in the sense of instilling basic morals and basic this is how you treat people, religion does have a place. Um, but as far as socially, I guess I'm I guess that's where I'm trying to get with all of this is socially, no. Hardcore religion does not have a place. Well, I mean, it it probably does, but a, a small place. It shouldn't be the driving factor in how we treat people. Mm. Uh, a relationship with God is important to me. It very much is. But I feel like that has less to do with religion and more to do with the relationship. So, kind of, sort of. <laughs> I love it. It's great. Great answers. <clears throat> fun part is you you were saying earlier about um when you're doing when you've had questions like this right you're you're meant the hero question mm -hmm. and um it's great to fun watch especially the questions you're not familiar with is to see people kind of put their ideas to collect all those thoughts in your head yeah. <laughs> you know running around it's like there's so much in here it's like which ones do i say which ones right, come out which right. ones make sense Cause you, yeah because you've you know we have, believe so many different things over our life and, different, and they change and they change right and so you have to collect all these thoughts in the corners of your brain like a sweeper right goes around yes. and it's running around in your brain while you're trying to sound intelligent it's like yes but no but maybe <laughs> but possibly but kind of but sort of but a little bit so, all at the same time so <laughs> Devin, that is perfect that's exactly i think what happens in everybody's brain when right. they read uh. some of these oh it's so fun do you treat people differently at this age than when you were younger? I sure do. <laughs> so when I was younger, uh, apparently I I didn't have much of a filter. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, like if I wanted to know it, I was going to ask it. If I saw it, I was going to let people know that I saw it. And I was, I was a very unfiltered child but now it's like i realize hey you, you can't always ask you can't always ask that man why he's missing a leg you can't do that because he might feel some type of way about how he yeah. lost a leg yeah. like you can't do that and i've also learned that sometimes blunt honesty isn't the best method i've learned that sometimes you do have to you don't have to lie to people that's not what i'm saying but sometimes people come wrapped in the mm. you know the the handle with care packaging like sometimes you just sometimes don't know. you yeah you just never know. know sometimes you have to approach people a little more cautiously than just outright saying what's on your brain one of my favorite uh one of my f a favorite line from a song uh that i that i know is honest to the point of recklessness yeah definitely and so sometimes that's not always the best approach. Mm. What's the most romantic thing someone has done for you? <sighs> if you should, you should see Devin's oh grin. Oh my gosh. It's, her grin is jagnormous. It is because all I can think about is, is so the relationship I'm currently in. Uh, oh, wait a minute. You got another relationship. Oh, I didn't know about this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that explains a big grin. 
So, uh, shout out Jamari Thornton. I was going to say, who's Mr. Wonderful? <laughs> Mr. Wonderful is indeed Jamari Thornton. Hello, Jam- <laughs> Hello Jamari. Um, he has, he's been my biggest supporter, like, on the, on the relationship front. Mm. I'm not going to deny you, mama. It's okay. <laughs> he, I, I've, I don't think I've ever had a significant other support me the way he does, like, in everything that I mm. do. Um, so one of, I guess one of my, one of my flaws, if you will, is that sometimes I'll just get a wild hair up my ass and I'll have a random idea and I'll feel like this is the thing that I have to do and I have to do it and I have to carry it out. And a lot of my boyfriends will be like, "Mm, can you just ease up on the dreaming just a little bit? And that has never been Jamari. He is every bit of a dreamer with a plan. He's like... Oh, so you said you want to get your doctorate like tomorrow? Okay, well, here's what we can do. Uh, We can stack this up. We can save this. We can contact these people. Okay, what are you going to do after you get your doctorate? Okay, we can look for these kind of jobs. He's going to, like, rattle off all these things that we can do. And it's just – so I think one of the most romantic Mm. things that's ever been done for me would have to be um, I I came home. I was – drained throughout the entire day like didn't didn't want to have anything more to do with the day i was done um and then i had uh i had a conversation with somebody about all this ai art you know Mm -hmm. all that and how it's affecting artists which it is it's it's awful it almost makes it, it definitely makes somebody with an art degree feel a little pointless um and so in the midst of that, I had the random idea that maybe I should get some kind of digital art degree. Maybe that's what I need to do. Maybe I just need to if I Interesting. If, if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah, that's a big it's a big area. And so I told this to Jamari and I as as soon as I told him I was like, eh, "No, never mind. That won't work." And he was like, first of all, Yes, it is going to work because this is how and this is what we're going to do if this is something you want to do. And so he had me sit down, calm down, think about it for a little bit. And then he's like, "Okay, now we're going to stop thinking about this. Turn on Netflix. This is what we're going to watch. I want you to go in there. You're going to make you some tea. I'm going to make some tea, too. And we're going to sit and we're going to have a movie date. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. I, I know it seems like little. But. The fact that he let me process what I was thinking, let me go through every all the 50 million emotions I was yeah, feeling. Yeah, let, the, <laughs> let the emotions spin. And then he had a set cut off. He's like, okay, now you're going to stop. You're going to sit down. And of course, I was like, well, no, I need to think about it. No, you're going to stop let it, and let you're going to relax. Yeah, let it cook overnight. Like... He 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 does several romantic and things that people wouldn't necessarily label as romantic, but I do. Like anything that somebody does to show I care about the entire you, that to me is is actual romance, and he does that often. It's his love language. It very much is taking care. <sighs> That's romantic. Love language is romantic. It it is. <laughs> Have you ever given up on something that meant a lot to you? Yeah. Uh, with this move, I am right now. Um, 
Hmm. I I care a lot about my kids at Stevens. Dang. Like I have all of these, even still, even though I know I'm leaving, there's so many ideas that come to mind and so many things that I want to do with them and so many things that I want to try with them. And um, back when I was still thinking about whether I should move or not, I almost called it off because I was like, there's so many things here that I need to do and that I need to finish. And I've had to just step back and be like, no, you know what? It's time to live your life for yourself, not for, not for the kids. Honestly, where are you going? Uh, I'll be What's moving happening? to uh, Lafayette, and it's because of Jamari. <laughs> Is that where he lives? Yes, he lives. Uh, he lives in Youngsville, so I'm moving there. But it'll be like Lafayette area, so it should be neat. He you're asked mo- me to. You're move. not moving in. I am. Are oh, you moving in with him? Yes. Oh, he asked boy. me to like in December, and I told him no. But then my mom was like, why'd you tell him no, girl, if you don't pack your stuff and leave? And I was like, right now? She's like, yes, right now. Your mama. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because uh, she, she loves him. She already calls him son-in-law. Mom. Jeez. But it's funny. We were actually talking about this. Me, her, and uh, her cousin Brian were talking about this uh, earlier this weekend. And she was like, I just... I want you to live your life. And right now you're in, you're basically like in a marriage with your job, but you're only in it for the kids. Like that's a bad marriage. We know that that's a bad marriage, but you're convincing yourself that that's a reason to stay and it's not. So she had to, she, she helped me realize that, okay, all right. I can't just stay just for the kids. So the kids need something fresh too sometimes. I told them they have to give their new art teacher a chance, and I believe they will. Speaking for yourself, do you fight evil or do you work to avoid it? Mm, I'd say a little of both. It 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 honestly depends. Um, I think part of me wants to preserve myself, mm. so that if I think that the fight is going to end with with me on the bad end of it, I'll probably avoid it. But if it's something like a social evil, I'm going to fight it to the, I mean, tooth and nail. Like I love it. I, if I believe that Jesus would have fought it, I'm gonna fight it. Like, so racism, uh, sexism, any ism, any- <laughs> I'm fighting it. <laughs> like, no, no, we can't, we can't just treat people like trash just cause, they're different than us. I, I don't. I don't like that. I uh, yeah. I don't think that was the plan. Like no. So so I I I'm a firm believer that if you're against something, if you're truly against something, you shouldn't just sit and watch it happen. Yes. You have to do something. Oh boy. <laughs> when was the last time you let someone down? Um. The last time I know for sure. That I, I let someone down. Look, I'm just going to talk about all my little kids today. Come on. <laughs> let it out. Was when I uh, when I told the fourth graders that I was leaving. Specifically my fourth graders. Um, and that's mainly because every year uh, I let the fifth graders paint on the wall. And they get to make their mark. And they're always excited about that. Like you can... You can see their wheels turning like the first day of school. What am I going to paint? What am I going to put up there? I'm a fifth grader. Like, yeah. 
Like, I get to do this now. What is going to go on in here? And when I told them that they that I was leaving, especially this fourth grade class, uh, it was more than honestly just about the painting on the wall. It was just about the fact that I'm the only art teacher they've known. Mm. That's uh, the, This fourth grade class were my first set of kindergartners. They yeah. were the kindergartners that oh, welcomed me man. in. So you're, these are your babies. They were my babies. And so when I told them, that mm. was that was the roughest. Oh, man. That was the roughest time. Like, they were asking, like, well, where are you going? Maybe uh, I can tell my mama we can move. Or uh, oh, Miss Collins, can't, can't you just still teach us? <laughs> like, no, not from another state. Like, I, that was... It was really, it was really uncomfortable having to tell them that I'm leaving. And one kid even said it outright, like, "Miss Collins, you were supposed to stay until we left. You're not supposed to leave right now." I was oh like, man, crush I my soul! To. Like, I gotta. <laughs> no, you don't. I'm sure they're like, oh, "Why?" Gosh. But why? One kid threatened to show up at my new apartment. <laughs> I'm like, "No, you can't do that. That's illegal." <laughs> You got your own little stalker. Gosh, a lot of them. Do you ever forgive yourself? Mm. <laughs> um, I don't think I have, honestly. Uh, and when when I saw that question, I was like, uh, mm. "There's one thing in particular I know I have not forgiven myself for." Um, so. In the midst of the the three year breakup, <laughs> um, one of those times I called myself trying to move on with somebody, and they were just really sweet to me. They were really cool. They're really nice. Everything was so romantic, and you know, right after you get out of a relationship, as soon as you get into a new one, it's like everything is fresh and everything's new and everything's hitting you, and it's like everything's perfect, and then in the midst of that, like right at the high point of that, um, Gideon came back and he was like, I, I forgive you. Let's try again. And the me with sense would have said no, because you're, it shouldn't take you losing me to realize you want me. Uh, I broke it off with the guy that honestly, I, I, I probably, Hindsight, sure, yeah, it's a good thing that I did, but I, I didn't have to. Mm. And I for sure didn't have to let him down in that way. Um, first off, I was I did it through text. Like, good God, that's what they tell you not to do. Like, that's, that's one of the worst things you can do is do it through text, unless they ask you specifically, hey, break up and move me through text. But I did, and it was just, looking back, I don't think I... I don't think I considered how he felt. I didn't care about that. And I, I've I've always carried the guilt of hurting him like that cuz I know that I did even even if we even if he did tell me like oh no, it's no big deal. I forgive you. It made me who I am today. Da, 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 all that bullshit that you always hear from people. I I didn't I I hurt a person and I have mm. to deal with that. Like I, I heard a person in a way that I thought I wasn't capable of. And oh yeah. I just, yeah. It wasn't even me. Yeah. No. I, I'm not that person. Absolutely not. Like I was completely inconsiderate of somebody else's feelings and it felt 
awful. So like Grammy would have taken the bell to you, man. Like it, I don't see how people live so inconsiderate because I like doing that one thing hurt me so bad. Yeah, right. How can people be so like do that kind of stuff all day long, right? Jeez, yes, as a career, even so. Yeah, yeah, some people are really psycho. Do you find guidance and strength through praying, or do you have another way? Mm. Boy, here come these Christians. They're going to be upset. Um, I do, but I don't. Don't yes worry about, and no. Don't worry about other people. You be you. Here come my other you Christian counterparts. You. They're going to be yeah. like, Devin, what? Like, no, I mean, I, of course, uh, I do. I talk to God. Got to. I feel like it's it's the first thing that I should do. That but I also strange. believe that you don't have to find God in just one place. Hmm. Sometimes I just need to, sometimes I just need to scream. Sometimes I need to just rattle off whatever is in my brain no matter what comes out and then i need to see what's there sometimes Mm. i sometimes i can listen to god by listening to somebody else i mean sometimes yes prayer is is definitely a good tool it's definitely an amazing way to connect with god it's a definite it's 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 a great way to hear from him but there are other ways to hear from him too you just have to be willing to listen I like screaming myself too every every it's once so in a while. Nice. Me and my mom did it like yeah. last time I was down. We just went outside and screamed. It's forming. Nobody's there. Yeah, you can scream. When <laughs> <laughs> I think we already covered this one. When was the last time you broke someone's heart? No, we didn't heart? cover it. Oh, we didn't cover it yet. Oh, that <laughs> didn't the, that didn't cover. A, okay, when not was the, the last, last time? time? Oh, when was the last time you broke somebody's heart? So I guess. Dang, girl, you got a. This is a trail of heart broken hearts behind it's you. It's really not though. It's just like there's only you're like a little few fourth grade, people. Fourth graders, you're breaking <sighs> little fourth grade boy hearts. And yeah. like, I'm not even a heartbreaker like that. It just happens, okay? <laughs> like, this one, honestly, it wasn't my fault. And I might sound a little spiteful, but I'm not. I love it. Let's hear it. Confession time. So right before and kind of also while I was talking to Jamari. Dang. <laughs> there was somebody else. <laughs> Jamari already knows about him. And he knows about Jamari. He knows that I'm dating Jamari. He's the does, one that I'm not going to send this podcast to. Does, does, so. he, does he know you're moving in with Jamari? He does now. Oh. <laughs> like, no, but I, I did tell him that I was moving. Um, but uh, this guy, we talked for like, we, talk, we, we were talking for like, talking for like seven months. I know. I know. We met on Tinder, of course. And I, you know, Tinder. Um, we hit it off. There were only a few things that were just kind of weird about it. Like, for one, I, I've to this day, I've, I don't think I've seen him eat but like once. Yeah, it, it's a little weird. Um, he was really vague about like where he was from. And I had mm. to like pry to find out things about like his family situation, like where he was living, what he did. I still don't really know, like, does he have a job? And if so, what does he do? 
Um, so man, yeah, man of mystery a lot, and I hate that so much. Like I, I should be curious about you. I shouldn't try to like hire a PI to find out about you. Like that's dumb. Um, but like seven months, I think like maybe five months in, I told him, "Hey, I like you. We need to do something other than like this." And he was like oh, well, I'm just not good at relationship things and I feel some type of way and I have a fear of time, so that makes me da-da-da. And I'm just like, okay. And, I'm, you know, I'm trying to be sweet and patient and I'm trying to not, like, just run off and jump shit because I know I do that. And I'm like, okay, cool. Um, sit with those feelings and when you're sure, you know, you get back to me. <sighs> Two months later... He's still unsure, and that was when I started. Like Jamari, mm. literally slid into my DMs, started talking to me. He wasn't yet. He was and not. He was not playing. Yeah, Jamari he, was for real. He's like, he nope, we're gonna the date. Deal. We're being for real. And so finally, I was like, okay, dude, there's this other guy. We're talking. It's getting serious, so I'm gonna have to put you down. And he was like, oh well, I I was I was really thinking about what you said and what you talked about, and I was. He said his words were. I was going to propose to you. And I was like, and then I went off rip. I was mad. I was like, how dare you? We weren't even dating. You couldn't even, you couldn't even commit to dating. You couldn't even, sometimes you would go a whole week without talking to me. What do you mean you're trying to propose to me? He's like, no, 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 no. I meant like propose that we start dating. I was like, first of all, <laughs> first of all, no, no. And he, sure seemed, he wasn't married or something. I don't know. You know, I asked him that too, and he said he was single. I'm like, okay. He's like, no, I just have a no problem single with guys like that. Well, apparently he is. He has a huge fear of time passing, and so that makes relationships hard. And it just, I'm just like, dog, you're not working on yourself. Your your, your wheels are spinning. Mm. I can't get with this. And he just like he went all sad boy on me for like a whole straight month. And I was like, dude, if you don't get it together, then we can't even be friends. Like, this is too much. You can, you're not going to guilt me back to you. He's got to tell him to pull his pants up. Like something. Grow up. Jeez. Like, make a decision for once in your life about yourself. I think you should, <laughs> you should have jumped up and down on his heart. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds like just breaking like, it. Wasn't... I just, uh, I just, it, it was tough love I with that one. Yeah, that, yeah, that's tough love. Ugh, he I needed think, it. I think he was married or something. with something weird going on there. <laughs> How has your faith changed over the years? Um, it's interesting because you've got, yeah, we've kind of touched yeah. bits and pieces of it, but not the 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 whole, so, end, the whole evolution. Yeah, I that one. Mm, so I think at first, like when I was, you know, a little bit of kid and they're teaching you religion and things. And I think that when I was little, I had this idea of, God that was very very rigid and very strict and very mm. black and white like it was mm. like you believe in God you accept salvation and you do good or else you're going to hell yep. it's like if you disappoint these people you're going to hell if you fail on this you're going to hell like it was very it was very fearful belief mm. I don't I, I won't even call it faith it was just I felt like I had to believe in God because I had to yeah and then um, when I, like I said, when I moved to Foreman and I kind of learned a little more from like grandma and grandfather, especially from grandfather. So grandfather's the deacon. Um, 
he dives in like crazy. Like you wouldn't expect people from his generation to be doing so much research and so much learning, but he still, still yeah. he still is like it, it's, he's always, he's constantly looking at how things are interpreted. He's constantly looking at the cultural aspect of, from what the, uh, from which the Bible was written. I mean, he's always digging deeper and asking questions. Mm. Um, and so, of course, from him, I learned that that was an acceptable thing to do, that it's it's OK to ask questions. You're not like, yeah, you, yeah. you're not going to hell for asking questions about God. It's OK. And it doesn't believe, mean that you don't believe. It means that you want to know more and you want to understand more. Um, so I think from being fearful, I, I grew curious hmm. and that curiosity and, and what I am now uh I think I'm still curious and I think I always will be. And I think that's healthy. I think it's, it's good to always be a little bit curious and maybe even a little bit skeptical because that feeds the curiosity. Yep. But as of right now, I think I'm solid in my faith because of my curiosity. I, I, I would argue that it does strengthen your curiosity because there'll be times when it's challenged, right? And if you haven't, if you haven't stretched yeah. it or poked it yeah, and, I you're, mean, and you're face a real crisis of faith mm -hmm. you're probably gonna crack if you don't ask questions then when somebody asks you questions you, you can't answer you can't right like and yes and there are worse. things there are things that you're never going to be able to answer especially about god i mean spiritual anything you'll never be able to answer because i mean nobody knows what it's like after we die till we die and nobody's ever come back to tell the tale so you know it's one of those things that at the end of the day you have to experience it but mm -hmm. You know, faith-wise, uh, I think I, the only reason I'm solid in it now is because yeah. of the curiosity, curiosity that I bred. Yeah. Oh, no. Huh? <laughs> These <laughs> questions, man. What's something you never told your parents? Dang it. <laughs> yeah. You really want to say it? There's a, there's a lot that I never... <laughs> so, like, uh, okay, well... I guess they know now. <laughs> so I think, uh, mm, yikes, yikes. So I think if it's, if it's the safest thing that I never told my parents, uh, I did skip school once. <laughs> that's the say that's, uh, they're going to be like, if that's the safest thing you can tell me, yeah, so the safest thing that I can tell them that I never told them is that I did skip school one time. And what'd you? It's not about skipping. What'd you do? We just we literally just went to the park. Oh, that's pretty boring. I, I know. That's what you no do in drinking a small. And, that's what you do in a small town. You skip hmm. school to just go nowhere. Yeah, where are you gonna <laughs> go? Because everybody will see you everywhere else. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and what's sad is like I didn't even have the gall. Oh, actually, you know what? No, change that. The thing that I never told them that I would want, that I do want them to know, is I snuck out of the house once. Oh. Yeah, we're going to change pace. I skipped school and I snuck out. We're going to tell them two things. At night. So, but this one's funny, and that's why I wanted to go ahead and tell them. So I did sneak out of the house, but I came back because, so we live in Foreman, but we live in like the rural part. So we technically live, live, live in Wallace. Okay. And our house is like right here in the middle. And then it's surrounded by like the woods. 
And so I called myself going to sneak out and meet up with some friends because they text me, hey, you should come and walk up here and then such and such so-and-so will pick you up, da-da-da. And so I'm like, all right, bet, I'll be up there. I walk out, and I knew just how to close the door so it wouldn't make any noise. And I walk out, and I'm walking down the road like, yeah, I'm really doing this, living this teenage life. And then I heard something in the trees, and I turned, and I sprinted back in the house, <laughs> went right back to bed. Like, nope, you know what? And I texted my friends. I'm like, nah, it's okay. I I'm tired. <laughs> I'm not going to come out. It's okay. I love that. Just something in the woods is all you heard. The woods is scary at night, man. It's just yes, be real. And there's things that I've seen out there that, like, they, they, if they get you, if they get a hold of you, it's over. Like, so quite naturally, I hear something in the trees. I'm like, that's a bear. Oh, that's a bear. Oh no, no, I'm not gonna sneak out. Nope, I'm going to the house where it's safe. No, let them let them get mom first. Right, because nope, let let it meet my folks first. I'm gonna pass. <laughs> Whatever's in that woods. <laughs> it saved me from skipping out trouble, so hey. Have you ever had a strong belief that changed drastically? <laughs> yes. Uh, I used to be very pro-life. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Because, you know... Raised in yeah, a sure. raised in a Christian household, and then going to a Christian school that was was pretty conservative at that Christian school. Because I mean, we are in Arkansas, red state, but Ozarks really red, like fire hydrant red. So um, we were always told, you know, abortion is killing babies. That's mm. it. It's a sin because it's murder. It's killing babies. Whenever you hear somebody having an abortion, they're killing a baby. And so, of course, I had in my head this image of this these awful women who just didn't want to be moms, and then they're just like, baby's dead, Cutting boom, off and they're just cool heads. with it. Yeah. But then, of course, you know, I grow up and I learn about people who have actually had to make that decision, and mm. I learn about um, people that are close to me that have had to make that decision. Mm. I'm like, man, no, it's not that somebody who's had an abortion is heartless is that they've thought about this and they've pondered about this and they know that the best thing for that baby is mm -hmm. to not be alive. And I, I firmly believe today, if somebody believes they shouldn't be parents, they shouldn't be I'm like, Oh, well just don't have sex. You're going to tell humans not to have sex. We can't tell grown men not to stick their penis in anything. What do you mean? Don't have sex. What? What? No, that's not the solution. Like, if if we just if we give people safe and affordable access to safe abortions mm. then that is proven to lower the abortion rate that everybody hates so much mm. like by outlawing abortion we're not lowering abortions we're just making them a lot more deadly like people are still going to have abortions they're just yeah, not going to be safe thing. so that yeah hard flip pro life nope pro choice <laughs> interesting yeah that's fun i love it. You came straight to it. Uh, yeah, hard turnaround. That was every I bit of a. That know, was a one eighty. <laughs> had that conversation with your mom. Yeah, actually, that yeah. that and and that I won't I won't necessarily share about on here, but that was huge eye opener. That was one of the reasons why I changed. So, that was oof. <laughs> what gives you inner strength, inner courage? Mm. 
I would say, um, honestly, my journey. Mm. The the thing that strengthens me and emboldens me the most is knowing everything that I've dealt with and everything that mm. I've been through, and I've still come out the other side. Like, if I were to sit down and list every bad thing that's happened to or around me, and I looked at it, uh, I'd be bewildered. Like when I sometimes when I think about the things that I've gone through and I've come out and I'm still okay relatively. <laughs> I'm still uh, what I'd like to call kind of sane. I mean, yeah. I'm still You seem pretty sane. I've been I've, I mean, I've been this yeah. close to you for a while. You seem like a no, pretty normal right. like, well. I tried to bite you, so hey, yeah. I feel like <laughs> a well adjusted you seem like a very well adjusted human. Oh no. <laughs> you know what they say about well adjusted humans. No, I no. don't. <laughs> uh, but I, if I, if I've found it in myself to still be kind Mm. and still be trusting and still be loving and still trying to find light in such a messed up world, then man, I can do anything. I can go through anything. I've come this far. Such a common theme uh, with guests is change nothing about my life. And because it is, it's made me who I am and it's my journey. Well, yeah, I mean. And there's strength in it. What would be the point in changing it? I mean, you wouldn't accomplish anything, not really. You'd still, Mm. you'd still have to go through something. There's not going to be, there's not going to be, oh, if I change this, my life is perfect. No, you're just going to have different problems. Mm. I mean, like, I, I like to say new colon, well, different shit, new colon. Well, different shit, same colon. <laughs> Look, I had to think about what is yeah, which it one, yeah. What do I say? What did I say? <laughs> I've said it like maybe three times, but still. Yeah, same, same. I mean, regardless, you're you're gonna go through something. You're There's gonna, not well, right, right. There, yeah. I mean, that's all life is is a conflict after another conflict, and I mean, so what? It's gonna be conflict. It's gonna be tough. Mm. It's gonna be hard. It's gonna be painful. But I mean. Even knowing that, why would I want to change anything? If I know that regardless, no matter what I do, I'm going to go through aches and pains of life, Mm. then why change anything? Why change any of those aches and pains just to receive new aches and pains? To replace them with something else, yeah. No point. I almost want to use that as a closing thought. Question. Mm -hmm. How about some closing thoughts for the audience or a message to grandma uh or a message to your daughter future daughter um message to mom or a message to the audience um honestly message to the audience definitely um find light everywhere because it's there this is this is this is not an easy world to live in we were not dealt the best reality we like like I can't mention enough because I am a Christian I believe that we we live in a cursed world and that's a tough reality to face things are hard the world is on fire but if I know anything about fire is fire produces light so find light and you'll never you'll never live a terrible life what does it look like to you what is light what is that? Is that in the people or or hope? It's everywhere, honestly. I mean, 
yes, sure, it's in all these grandiose ideas like finding hope that things will work out in the end Mm. or finding that love conquers all. I mean, even when it doesn't, didn't you have fun on the way down? Like it's, it's finding joy in hearing those random kids in the apartment next door laughing. It's, it's, it's seeing somebody out on their first date and smiling for real. (laughs) It's, I mean, it's playing with a dog. Mm. It's liking the color green. It's something as as little and I as big that. all at the same time. I love that. Find the light. Always. Devin, awesome to meet you. <laughs> Thank you for opening up your home. Of course. Uh, this has been fun. And your cute little doggy. Thanks for <laughs> letting me play with play with him. Oh my gosh. He's he was he was such a treat though. He was good. He was quiet. <laughs> We had a little doggy squeaking in the background in case you didn't hear it. Oh, my gosh. Um, Old Cooper. Great stories, though. Interesting. It's great to meet a real Arkansas lady. Of course. You know, um, and the, the love the and you love your state and all that great stuff. And, you're, <laughs> you know, you got the grandma story and the mom story and the dad story. It's a really great story, like the palette, the whole thing together. Um, thanks again so much for being a guest. Look, thank you for the show. It's yeah. awesome. Thanks, everybody, for listening and supporting The Jar. Uh, Please do get to the website, thejar.live. Put in your email. Pick up part of my book for free just by registering. uh, Share it with some other people. And we will see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Jar. If you would like to be one of our guests, please email thejarguest at gmail.com or follow our journey on your favorite social media platforms. See you all on the road.